0: Throughout history, ideas have entered into the world only to be met with adversity and disdain. Some said the internet would never replace books. Some said Facebook was just a joke. Some said VR wouldn't be a hit. And some said crypto, like Bitcoin, was a waste of money. And Now there is the metaverse. And if you have no idea what we are talking about, don't worry, we'll catch you up in a few. And if you've heard about the metaverse, you are probably thinking, is this, is this really going to last? And maybe it will. And that's why we're talking about it on this episode of Everyday Elephants. But before we get into that, Ted,
1: Phil, how you guys doing? I'm just really glad that internet has replaced the books because I'm just not great with books. So that was my first thought, but I'm doing well. <laughs> Better with the internet than with books.
2: Phil's just waiting for that matrix where they just plug it into his head. and. Do
0: you think we're going to get to that point where you basically just like get chips into your body? And then you like log in.
1: I mean, Elon said it's going to happen like in five years. So if he said it, I'm definitely going to believe it. And I'm going to go buy some more Tesla stock now Now that I just said that. In Elon, we trust.
2: What a, what a strange world. It's, it's a beautiful thing, let me tell you. <laughs> does, uh, does the future get you excited? I think like yes and no. Yes, because I'm excited for us to be looking at Mars. Because there's so much that humanity grows when they are exploring There are also a lot of bad things that happen when they explore, like, you know, wiping out indigenous peoples. But there's a lot of good that comes from humanity looking outside itself and saying there's more out there. There's more to see. So I'm excited for that. What I'm not super excited about is how every rich guy is building a rocket ship like a James Bond villain. Not quite sure how I feel about that. Okay,
1: yet. I agree with that. But you, you have some of the, the billionaires that are just doing it just to go up there and have fun. But what about Elon, though, since we're talking about him? I mean, he's he's actually trying to make, Phil, that's make something out of it. Every every James Bond
2: villain has a reason for it.
1: Is it a good reason? So Elon is the villain? Maybe
0: he's playing that villain hero.
2: I, listen, I'm not saying I'm just...
0: Hey, just as we live in that sinner saint, maybe he lives in the villain hero. You know, he's taking off
2: a lot of a lot of marks right now towards James Bond villainry.
1: But at the same time, the dude is like uh, helping the environment with uh, EV cars and everything. Like he's actually making some progress towards some things.
2: Phil, listen, go watch Moonraker. (laughs) The entire thing is about saving the world and saving the planet. By killing everyone on Dad, it. the conspiracy theorist, right? Phil, no, here's what I'm loving right now. Is like, I'm defending Elon, I Here we've I know. reached this one point where like I can actually get at you, which is defending Elon Musk. Like, I don't care. I'm making a joke about Bond villains, and you're like, but what, what if? What if he's really a good no, guy? No, no,
1: I think it's a factual thing that you're saying, because there are some billionaire dudes that don't need to be in space, but then there are some dudes that are billionaires that are trying to make something of it, like, You know, colonize on Mars. That's kind of cool. Like finally my space movie dreams are coming to true. We have to land on the moon first before we go to Mars. Am I right, guys? Ooh, here we go. (laughs) Now we're going into something else. Let's go. Love it. I
0: think the thing that scares me about the future is that we're just like moving further and further away from simple. And I like simple. Sarah, my wife and I were talking this morning about how I, I was like, I just missed the 90s. And also, we didn't have a lot of information and there are as much information in the 90s. We didn't have news as readily available in the 90s. So maybe I don't miss the 90s, but maybe I just missed the idea of the 90s. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was
1: nice when it was just the Oregon Trail on your computer. Yeah. So that that was pretty legit. Yep.
2: Well, and I think there's, there's some kind of combination, too, of like the innocence of childhood. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't – not only – you're right. We didn't have as quick access to news. But as a side note, we weren't also like paying mortgages and worried about the future in the same ways we are now. Yeah. But I did talk in my sermon yesterday about the sweet pair of rollerblades I got for Christmas in the '90s, and K twos. No, they weren't K twos. Uh, we were not that fancy. They were just like the the click ones. Do you remember those where it was like three straps? Oh, the, that the terrible calls? noise! Yeah, yeah, yeah cheap yeah. ones. Yeah. But man, what, were yours like soon. were yours
0: like hot lime green? Ours were yeah. like
2: black with purple accents. Ooh, yeah.
1: We gotta oh, yeah. just bring rollerblades back. Right. I mean we live in East Nashville. Everyone's using rollerblades right now. <laughs> That's true. That's They're true. hipster
2: now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Rollerblades NFL kinda society.
0: scare me now, because I'm like, but what if my what if my ankles just decide, no, not today. <laughs> then what then what?
1: Tomorrow. The thoughts of a
2: thirty-year-old.
1: Uh Phil, you brought up uh the Oregon Trail. Did any of you guys play? The Sims. Ooh, that's uh, getting into a lot of our s- stuff that we're gonna be talking about real soon. But yes, I did. That's
0: this is kind of the segue. This is what I'm going for with the podcast here. Oh
1: yeah. Okay. I, I see. Because
2: I played it, but I didn't like play it. I only
1: sense. watched other people play it. Ted, were you allowed? Because I wasn't allowed either. I had to play in secrecy.
2: No, we just didn't have a computer nice enough to run it.
1: <laughs> I, I do you remember going over to your friend's house
0: as kids and you would just they would have a computer and you would just sit there and watch them play games and then you'd be like all right it's my turn they'd be like ah we should probably go do something else is that anybody else or just me no
2: i had a buddy down the street who had an n64 and i didn't and i would go down there and watch him play and as soon as it was my turn he'd be like time for dinner nah bro yeah yeah
0: yeah i never played the sims but i watched a lot of other people play the sims and i think that this whole metaverse what we're talking about today it kind of is like that's the video game and now you get to be in the video game do one of you have a uh a readily uh, available definition for metaverse for our listeners?
2: Yeah, so the, the whole idea of the metaverse comes about from a big Facebook announcement earlier this year where they said, hey, we're changing our name to Meta, which was, you know, Facebook is still around, but they're saying the parent company is now called Meta, and they're building this universe based around it. And USA Today brought it together in this way. They said it's a combination of multiple elements of technology, including virtual reality, augmented reality, and video where users live, quote unquote, within a digital universe. Supporters of the metaverse envision its users working, playing, and staying connected with friends through everything from concerts and conferences to virtual trips around the world. So it's, it's this idea of virtual and augmented reality that I understand would say replaces aspects of reality, because I I think you do need to break down because I've played like virtual reality games, right? I have um, a cousin who lives close by. He has a VR headset. And every once in a while, we'll we'll play some games in VR. But that's very different. Like you're playing something. It's I mean, it's like you would go play a board game or you would go, you know, putt-putt or whatever. It's a couple of hours and you're all hanging out with folks there. And you're watching, you know, people make fools of themselves while wearing this VR headset. This is more... Your reality becomes virtual reality.
0: So, this is the new mall essentially. Like, this is where you go yeah. hang out, and this is where you join with other people.
1: What well, I would say is just a new way to see the mall, right? We've essentially had this type of technology that we've been using to interact with social media. I mean, even Pokemon Go, that was basically like
2: augmented reality, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So, where you're using your phone and you're seeing things through your phone while you're in this world. So sure, it makes sense that we're here now. And I think other sources are saying it's not fully going to be here for the next 10 to 15 years. But this was the point too, where, you know, a lot of us were involved with church work. And uh, the thought was, well, if you are going to be a part of a church or you're leading a church, you also need a social media page. You need all these different things. And and now, is this something necessary as we walk closer into this new world? What is the response should be of a Christian with all this being said?
2: Well, it's, it's interesting to me, too, because there are some dominoes that came with it. It was really surprising to me, and it was five years ago, six years ago, maybe. I don't know exactly. It was some time ago. Facebook bought this VR company, Oculus, right? So there was, I found out about this because my cousin, who's a, a big gamer and keeps up with tech news, he had bought the, the Rival, whatever the other one was, but he had to have a computer with enough power to run VR. VR runs on a ton of processing power. Well, it did originally. And Facebook came in and bought the Oculus which was the competitor of the headset he had. And their big thing was to, they wanted to shift it to less processing power and mobile. Because when we first started playing, you put on the headset, but it's got a whole cable that you're running back to the computer. So it's still a little bit clunky. And what Facebook did in buying Oculus was they put the money behind this headset that now it's wireless. You have the two controllers in your hand, you have the headset on and it has built in memory and, and you can use it because to me, part of as they announced this, as they talked about it, it is still a very niche thing. You have to have the VR headset to really be bought in. Mm. And I guess the first question I would ask, you know, like Phil, we've you mentioned Faith and things like that is, do you guys think it's going to become that mainstream? I mean, is this the new television in every living room that people, everyone's going to have a VR headset?
0: I don't want to be like, no, no way that would ever happen because I'm wrong about a lot of things. So my inclination is to go, it's a say now so that therefore I should say yes. Like, I think that this is going to be the next thing. That doesn't mean that I want this to be the next thing, but I think, I think it's going to be.
1: Yeah. When the iPhone was introduced for the first time, I did not think that every single person around the world would have access to a smartphone. I thought it was just for rich people. Exactly. And I was like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to afford that. You know, there's all these data plans that come with it and there's no way. However, it's pointing into a different direction where yes, I can see this happening. Um, I was just having coffee with someone in East Nashville that um, is an entrepreneur guy and he's just so business minded, but he's also kingdom minded that uh, he's a pretty successful dude, that he already made his first real estate purchase for digital property in the metaverse, so that way he can have a church. And I was like, there's no way that people are actually buying property, but yet it's a thing. I I was also reading um, another report that there was a record-breaking $4.3 million drop from a gaming company to buy some real estate land through via Sandbox. Um, this is all going to be using like meta technology, $4.3 million people buying digital real estate. So yes, this is going to be a thing. Just like when people were doubting cryptocurrency, like I know we're not talking about that, but yes, that is going to be a thing. We're We're seeing a different world where we're creating a new culture. And that is insane and mind blowing to think about.
2: See, I'm, I'm unsure that the metaverse is going to hit the same level as a Facebook, as the iPhone. And cause I, I look at it and this is, this is me saying I could be completely wrong, right? Let me, let me be the voice. You guys are saying, yeah, I was wrong about these things. And I see those, what I see it as, I see it as a, a gaming experience. Even, even being in, you know, the ways they're talking about it to be used for conferences and for those kinds of things. Like even in that, like I looked up, the Oculus is a solid 500 bucks, I think. I'll, I'll check that mm. here in a second, but I, I just don't think you're going to see it in everybody's house. I, I don't.
1: The iPhone's I mean, a grand.
2: No, I agree. That's fair. And that's, and this isn't me arguing your point. This is me saying, I'm just unsure. Cause to me, it feels less like an iPhone and more like an Xbox, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I see that. Right? Is
2: Xbox in a ton of homes? Definitely. But it's not smartphone where it's not only in homes, but it's, personally owned by everyone
0: well pretty soon we'll, we'll i just don't know if we'll probably start seeing ads in the near future where it's uh upgrade your new iphone and get a vr headset so therefore they can hook you in and then you true. have it right or it pairs with your that's true or it somehow is going to pair with your iphone or, or whatever it, or maybe it already does i don't know I'm sure it does right but like it, there's going to be some way for hey do this and then you'll get this and then all of a sudden we're hooked i also think about it from the sense of like Kind of like Phil. It's like, you know, I didn't know if the iPhone was going to be a thing. And then it, it became this thing that everyone has in their pocket. Well, it also had to be like a generation thing, right? Where the older generation was saying, hey, that's that that's not going to be around for a while. And then that generation moved on. Mm-hmm. And now there's another generation that's like, nope, this is the thing that we're doing. And so I'm thinking maybe people, you know, our age aren't going to be like, yeah, this is the next thing. It might be the people who are in high school right now who are like, nah. nah, I man, like yeah. this is it. Like this is where... This is where we're going to spend. This is where I'm going to work. Like I'm going to work online in this metaverse. This is how it's going to be. I won't have to leave my room. I won't have to leave my bed. It's going to be comfort and I'm going to make money.
2: Having used VR, it is it is a lot of fun. Like there's no doubt in my mind. And it, it, it blows your mind. When we're done here, I'll send you guys a video of my dad when we got him to play on my cousin's VR. It was hilarious. He was doing a Star Wars thing and it was really cool. And and to me, I'm not against the idea of VR, but it's VR replacing reality, which is the idea of the metaverse, mm-hmm. right? Have you guys seen Ready Player One? No. No. <laughs> so that's that's the premise of Ready Player. Is it a game? No, no, oh, it's, it's a movie. It's a, it's a movie. Well. It oh, was okay. a
0: book first.
2: It was a book first. I haven't read the book. But Sounds they made so it a movie <laughs> so Phil can I didn't read the book or um, watch
0: the movie so I can't say anything.
2: But it's it's you guys should watch the movie cuz it's it's a it's a decent movie and it's it's got some insight into this idea of virtual reality, of how it can be used well, but also misused. And I do find it fascinating that people are already not just investing, but like dropping bank, like you were saying, Phil.
1: And that's why I think it's going to work, too, because people are dropping bank. Well, and you that's, go where the money is speaking. Well, that's it, too, right? Is if,
0: if, if someone is pumping a lot of money into this. So you have money, then you probably have influence and you probably have power. Like, it's going to become a thing and they're going to be able to push it out. Like, the, the power of Silicon Valley is disgusting.
2: But how many times have they busted? I mean, think of all the busts that have happened. You've got the thousands, the the internet bubble just burst, right, in the early 2000s. You have recently several high-profile startups, that Had been valued incredibly highly. There's the one the lady started with some kind of uh blood testing group that just imploded. Oh, yeah. There was another, um,
1: well, because she actually didn't know what she was talking about. Oh, though. yeah, she was just a yeah. con person, <laughs> like, no,
2: but but that's I, I all get that, that startup culture is almost invaded by that. But there's a difference between Mark Zuckerberg, who's exactly Facebook. yeah.
1: Mark, yeah. Mark's put the money in and then people are seeing how much money Facebook's put into it. So then they're going to start putting a ton of money into it. So that's and why I think it's going to be the thing. And
0: it's just like the crypto idea. of Like uh, th- this is a place where you can also make money and make a name for yourself. And if there's anything that we've learned about the last 10 years on the internet is people want to have a job where they make money just doing nothing, nothing. and becoming a yeah. somebody who does something.
1: I think we need to go dark with this too because this it is, is dark. also probably going to be well, it is dark, but it's going to be um, a moneymaker for the porn and sex industry. You can see how this can be used for these things. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, and I would guess, I would argue that I don't know if crypto is successful yet. I I think the jury's still out. I think you can make money on crypto for sure. But some of these things, and I don't know, I'll just be interested, right? Like I, I can see it succeeding. I also am like... Having experienced VR, I don't know if it's going to catch on the way that an iPhone or, you know, a streaming device has.
0: I also wonder how other, you know, like we talked about how the church is going to use it. Well, how are schools in education? How are they going to use it? How's the government going to use it? You know, what is the military going to use this for something? I'm sure that they will.
1: But but how so? Right. Great example. I'm glad you asked. We had this thing called the pandemic that just happened, where we were just looking happened? for better. Wa- Interesting. Still happening. Sorry. Still happening. Way to correct me. Isn't that what this podcast is all about? Exactly. So, but people are looking for new ways. Like it wasn't great with the whole Zoom, Facebook Classroom thing. Like that was a disaster for children. And mm-hmm. this might be one step closer when the next flu or pandemic or whatever, where we just, where we just because of safety reasons we need to be in our homes like this is the perfect tool that people can use to be able to increase learning and have entertainment like we kind of needed this for the pandemic and right. I'm glad that it didn't start coming till afterwards
0: now i think that the thing in all of this that that's kind of looming over all of it is what happens to community we experienced this with the pandemic and we all know that we need we need each other we need other people we need community is this is this vr this metaverse is that Helping or hurting? Because when I see it, I'm like, I don't, I think this is, I think we're going to put a Band-Aid on something when we need to really put something, we need to have surgery, right? Like this isn't, this is just going to give us a false view of what it means to be in relationship with each other.
2: Yeah. As you and Phil were just talking, the word bounced around a couple times of tool, right? Right. You know, the tool is not bad. The tool is a tool. So is VR bad? Well, no, it's VR. I think the question is, what are your plans for it? There's already been some churches who have already launched metaverse virtual reality campuses, right? Well, if the goal is to say there are people who would not connect to our church and we have a plan for how to connect them down the road in person or to connect them to a local church, maybe it's not our church, I think, hey, this is a great welcome, Matt. This is a place where people can come in, hear the message you know, and and engage with it. But if you look and say no. Like a
0: safer landing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anonymity, you know, however mm-hmm. you want to say it. But I think if the whole goal is to say we just engage people virtually, we are people of both spirit and body. And the, the beauty of creation is that those two things are interwo- interwoven and not separated. Right? Because if the body dies, so goes the spirit. If the spirit dies, so goes the body. And so, I think as a tool, it has a lot of opportunities. As a solution, you're exactly right, Tanner. It is a bandaid on something that needs surgery.
0: Yeah, my only fear is, is that we're going to use this as. Oh no, no, I, I I'm in, I'm with community. I, I have my people, and and you will, like you certainly will. Like I've made a lot of friends on the internet, and I made, re, I would say, substantial connections with people online. However. I think that there is something about sitting face to face in the same space with someone not looking at a screen. Like, like Phil and I, we got to have coffee last week together. We sat there and we talked, we didn't have phones. I mean, we did, but we just like, we're just, we were there and it was great. And I left feeling encouraged. And like I connected with the human being, that's different when I'm on my phone. It's, it's not, it's not, it's real, but it's not like that's tangible real. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want I don't want to, to miss that.
1: I think in America, like especially for the church, if we're going back to the church example, you know, Life Church said that they they launched a service, a hundred people attended, two people came to Christ. Right? It's great. Life Church has been doing some in- extraordinary things for a while now, and I, I do appreciate the the innovation that's in place. But when I think of a place like where we live in America, I think it's not needed, personally. And and it even makes me think of all the the live streaming that we're doing right now. Is it really needed? I don't, I don't really necessarily think so. Is it probably needed in other areas? Like let's say countries where there's a lot of persecution. There's no way that you can actually enter into a sanctuary. Is it good to find some place, some source where you can connect with other Christians who are in other persecuted countries uh, that you can lean upon one another and pray for one another, support one another? That's where I see like the metaverse really come into hand. And actually what was cool was the guy that I was talking to in East Nashville last week that's why he's launching this church is because the people there could be other people in other countries where they just can't attend local expressions of faith. And he wants to gather those people. Now, I don't know how he's going to do that with translations and, and all that stuff. That's where I can see it useful. I'm just having a hard time seeing how it's being it could be used for the church of America. And and I used to be the person that said, you know, every church should have like a Facebook page, an Instagram page, but I think we're sometimes we're missing the point. And then you look at churches like in Ethiopia that are multiplying and they don't have all these resources and all these top programs that we're using. So I'm scared. I'm nervous about it, actually. Well, and the thing about that is you're, I think we have a pastor here and a lot is asked from
0: you. And so I think one of the things that's going to be important is people learning to decipher what is for them and what's not for them. That You don't have to be everything for everyone in every space of the world right. and in virtual world, right? But I think this with this, this is just one more thing that I think as as believers that we now get to be part of, right? Like I, you can't stop something from from happening, but how can you join the change and then be part of the good? At some point, we also have to say no to things. Like I'm looking at this and I'm like I'm already weighed down by the, my my phone, right? Like life is already heavy and hard, and when I get on my phone that doesn't make it any easier. Like, I just don't know if I have the <laughs> – might sound bad. No, it sounds honest. I don't have the energy to start something new. I don't have the energy to be like, all right, now I'm going to join my virtual reality world. I don't know. Like, I feel like this, this one that we have right here is already,
2: you know, intense and hard enough. Well, and here's – going off what you guys are saying, for me, live stream or – metaverse or whatever you're using that is not local and present is not a bad thing as long as it is something that is for your longtime disciples your older Christians in the you know folks older in the faith it's a supplemental aspect right mm-hmm. I think of uh, my buddy um, up in Branson uh, and he he's a phenomenal preacher and I'll hop on their YouTube I don't live stream but I'll go to their weekly live stream. And part of my devotions is listening to his sermons because they're really good. And I feel as a pastor, I, I got to find someone who preaches into my life as well. For folks who might be younger in the faith to have a, um, you know, a welcome mat that would say, hey, if you want to come experience who we are before coming here, you can check out our live stream. You can join us, you know, in the metaverse. Great. But the road points to come be a part of us because you are missing out if you're not physically here. Now, if you're sick, if we're in the middle of a pandemic, if there are outside things going on, like, please, you know, join us online, whatever. But the whole goal is to say, and for the theology that holds deeply in me is a sacramental theology that says, God is present both physically and spiritually in the service through baptism, through Lord's Supper, through those things, that there is an importance in us being together physically because the worship service isn't about us serving God. It's about him serving us. And Mm -hmm. so when you put a virtual buffer there, be it live stream or as we're talking about today, metaverse, you're still going to get the blessings of hearing the word of God. You're still going to get the blessings of connecting to that message. Like, like Phil said, I do think there are things to fear because the disconnect from reality is very real. As someone who has, you know, had to put away video game systems before, there's, there is a disconnect that can already happens.
1: And, and that's the thing though. It's like we see the benefits. I think you've expressed the benefits of this. I express the benefits of it. I don't think it's necessarily the best idea for the long-term future of how we do ministry and how we do work. The relationships matter. We, mm-hmm. we can all agree upon that, but... There's just so much addiction that happens when you p- use these devices. We have so much more anxiety and gaming addictions than ever before because we're caught in uh, these particular realities that are in front of us. And then let's say like if I'm going to a VR church, you'd better believe I'm going to get like nine different advertisements on the side that's going to draw my attention elsewhere. I mean
0: – Yeah, but everyone could – but you, it's probably like a new Bible. You know, Zondervan's exactly, going to be on the
1: side. Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, but if you look at the analytics, I mean – I don't know what your videos have been saying, uh, what's happened at your church, Ted, but I would guess that people might log on for a good minute at most. And then the services are generally an hour. So we're, we're we don't even have the attention of people. It's just literally, it seems like we're just doing it just to do it now. And I don't know, is there any like biblical prophecy of a metaverse coming? Cause, uh, I'm so confused now. No, like, I don't think they got to that well, part. This is crazy you know, my stuff. My guess
2: is that 150 years ago, well, let's go even further back. My guess is 500 years ago, there were a bunch of you know friends sitting around talking about, oh, God, what's the printing press going to do to us? And then it was, oh, no, what's the radio going to do? What's television going to do? What's the internet going to do? And to me, that actually is... What
0: are podcasts going to do? Yeah, what are
2: podcasts going to do? Um, it's, Some of that is actually comforting because all this has happened before, all this will happen again. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. And to me, I look and I go, you know, the, the <coughs> idea of the futurists, you know, Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, all these guys who are looking to the future for all the answers. It's like, well, it's nothing new. It's just mm-hmm. more technological. In some ways, I'm worried about what it may do. Like, the ridiculousness of Nike buying a virtual shoe company for the metaverse to be able to sell their shoes. If you've looked, the avatars in the metaverse don't have legs yet. So, Nike is really jumping the gun there to get some Air Force Ones. You're going to
0: have to have your reality fit check.
2: That's right. But, Ew. I don't know. It's What's concerning to me is when churches and faith groups look at it and go, oh, we have the mm-hmm. answer. Because... I remember in 2007, the big thing was like we're opening Second Life churches. Okay, I don't even know what that is. You should go. Second Life is the metaverse before
1: the metaverse. Okay, that sounds very the pre the pre metaverse. Yes. The goal of what social media companies is if we're getting less sleep, the better because they're more we're more engaged to these things. You're going to see people probably sleeping with these things on, like they're going to like need to wear their goggles or whatever you call them just so that way they can get some peace and quiet. And it's just like, they're constantly getting noise. And I mean, we haven't even gotten into what's that look like for um, security reasons, right? We haven't had a world war in a long time, which is a good thing, but we're seeing how foreign countries and uh, countries in general are fighting each other. Um, just through the internet now and imagine what that's going to be used just through the metaverse. And this is, this is tough. So it's like as Christians, should we be in that territory? And, and I'm sure we can make the argument of saying, yes, we need to be in there and we need to be connecting with people. But like even in scripture, like when the disciples wanted to go to the big cities and, and go to the, they had better plans of how Jesus could broadcast his message. And he was just saying, no, I'm going to go through Samaria. Or I'm going to be in this, you know, outside town and how much impact Jesus had in those areas that led to the multiplication of the church and where I I think this is like a really good strategy for us to like enter into and have a bigger impact and influence makes me also ask the questions like maybe we need to disengage with that as much as we can. and and simplify our lives. Like, I just need to be more Amish, guys, if I have to be honest with you. Like, there's something to it like that.
0: That's what I was saying.
1: Yeah, and our programs have been better than ever before, and yet we are a church that continues to shrink. And we have so many good things around us, but, like, why is it that we put so much effort into these new things and where the results look even worse? Like, it's very convicting, even with what I do for work. And I know it's convicting with what you guys do, too. It's just like... It's like almost, I need this because I need to get the message out. But at the same time, like, is it actually helpful?
2: I think you're asking a question that actually gets to the deeper end of this, which is some of the things I've been thinking and praying about is how much of our faith life is based on entertainment. There's a lot, yeah. It's based on, you know, the seeker movement in the 90s, which wasn't a bad idea, again, a tool. But church has been built now around felt needs instead of saying yeah
0: and it's maybe we're not the three people to be on the metaverse i know i'm not i'm not but i know that there's probably a 12 year old right now who doesn't know what they're going to do with their life and they're going to be a pastor of a church on a online and like that's what they're that's what they're going to do and they're going to love it and be good at it and so my role in all of this is to help people be a better version of themselves in the meta in the metaverse Right. But I, cause I am not joining that noise. Like I just don't see myself hopping on and, and being there. I think one of the hard things is for a lot of people is to say no to the, the popular thing, right? The thing that everyone's talking about, like, you know, one of the reasons I, I got on Twitter in college is because all my friends were on Twitter. You know, it's like, that's where they're hanging out. This is where they're learning things and sharing stuff and making jokes. I want to be part of that as well. And with this metaverse, like the same thing's going to be possible. It's going to be a place to hang out, to make jokes, to learn things, to create community, to see ads, love seeing ads. Can't, can't wait to see more of them. Like you also have to be like, that's not, that's not for me. That's not where I'm supposed to go. Because we're going to have so many options and so many different places and choices that it's going to be even easier to burn out or to get lost or find yourself in a place that you just don't want to.
2: Well, there's, there's also a point with, with metaverse, with those kinds of things. There's like, you can meet great people, but like Tanner said, you're not, you're not grabbing coffee with them. You're not getting to know the names of their kids. Well, that's not, I guess you could. Uh, you know, all these things. Like, and there's, there's always going to be reasons to do it. I think, so let's say there's, a, there's someone who's a gamer that does virtual reality games, and they get to know somebody online, and they build that relationship. Listen, the Lord's going to work there, right? Like, I'm, I'm not going to stop that. But if we look to the savior of the church being live streaming or the metaverse or those kinds of things, like there's one savior. And I think you're right, Phil, in that we, you know, as Jesus said, like, listen, I'm going to stay here. Like maybe part of what we're needing to do as the church is to be more relationally connected, you know, and maybe that's, I don't know. I'm the pastor of a very small church. I I, I don't know the right answer. I, I feel like a failure in a lot of things of like connecting to the larger culture. So uh.
1: 10 years from now, when we're all living in the metaverse and hanging out and doing podcasts on there, we're going to look back at this episode yeah. and just be like, Oh my goodness. Like where did we come from? And we'll,
0: and in five years we'll talk about it again. Yeah. You will have to discuss why I got on the metaverse.
1: And in full disclosure, I may not, I don't know. I'm not probably going to get on the metaverse, but I'm thinking about buying some real estate real soon. Not a joke. Just because the way wow. this thing is just flying, like, I don't know. Maybe that could be another stream of income that can help other areas. I
2: just love the comedy of you're buying real estate on the internet because technically you you can't technically buy real estate. Medicine. <laughs> you can buy server space, but you can't buy real estate.
1: Meta state. Sorry, that is that that sound better? Dude, but think about this too. Let's say if there's conflicts within countries and that this whole meta thing is just blown up to a war and this could be the next world war where all of a sudden servers go down and people are losing their real estate. And the next thing you know, people are going after each other in real life because.
2: Well, first they'd have to make sure they didn't call it real estate, but fake it. That's estate. the real argument. The real yeah, fight I'm, I'm is what should we actually here, call bro. it? I'm seeing your face. You're getting ready. I'm trying to give the people what You're they want. You're
1: absolutely. You, no, no, no. You're absolutely correct, <laughs> but it's just people understand when I say real estate what that means when I say metaverse and real estate. Well, so, let me lawyer.
2: let me kind of as as we're I'm feeling this close in here. Let me ask you this. Cuz one thing I read about as I was reading up on this was the big idea of like virtual reality concerts, right? And uh, plays and like you can look at this beautiful vista. And listen, I, I wouldn't classify myself as like a full time gamer, but like I play video games. And yeah, sometimes you look and you go, wow, this was programmed real well. Like I I know the difference between the Grand Canyon and the Grand Canyon in a video game.
1: You're never going to talk about the Grand Canyon in a video game. You're going to talk about that experience when you went to the Grand Canyon in person.
2: One of of these articles we were reading was like, Travis Scott put on a concert with 30 million people in Fortnite. Fortnite gets 30 million people the early evening when everyone gets off work. 30 million is nothing.
0: My takeaway from this is... Is this, this is just another way for someone to make money. That's it's all about the money. It is like, I can't keep, I can't get in like most of the conversations that we've been having on this podcast. It comes back down to somebody wants more money. Somebody's power hungry and someone's kind of bored. Like that's it. And then we get the opportunity to navigate their money, power, and boredom.
1: Yeah. But there's also a market for people that honestly don't feel comfortable being in community and being in person with people. It's probably not helpful. Right, yeah, but there like is the, that side. you know, their their identity is behind screens and having a different identity because maybe in real life things are hard, and so they're trying to escape the things that are hard in their present reality. And whether that's a a really bad relationship in the home or their their friends at school or whatever that might be, this is going to be a place where they can have that fresh start. And it's encouraging that you know it's encouraging community to live out this way. So I get that, but. I don't at the same time. I think it's important for
0: us to let Mark Zuckerberg know that maybe we aren't his target audience for this. Well, I think that's that. <laughs> let me uh, just hear, close up this here podcast because kind of left in a spot of. I'm glad we talked about it. I'm glad we brought up this elephant in the room, the virtual room.
1: And we'll just talk about it 10 years from now when we knew how wrong we were at the same time.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I think that's very clearly stated that we know that we're going to be wrong about this. Anyways, there's going to be a party at Phil's uh, virtual reality house in about 10 years.
1: No, I'm I'm buying land soon, so it's happening. On his fake estate. Yeah, you
0: let me know how to do that because I'm also kind of interested. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Everyday Elephants. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. Leave a five-star review. That would be great. We We would love it. If you have an elephant in the room that you would like for us to discuss, please send us a message. So until next time, I'm
1: Tanner. I'm Ted. I'm Phil. And this is our Everyday Elephant. (laughs) i <laughs>